Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself Pete here and got Monsieur Dixon with us from Puerto Rico. Hello, everybody. From the, uh, from the island. Dixon, how you doing, my friend? So far, so good. Hopefully, dogs won't bark. <laughs> That's all right. I mean, it's easy to edit out-ish. Uh, Depends on... Uh, people notice, like, when people talk, if there's a dog in the background, there's literally no way to edit that out. Yeah. Because it's it's mixed in with your audio. But if it's, like, when you're not talking, it's super easy to just boop, delete it. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Getting into today's topic, we're going to talk about a couple things. Uh, I have dipped back into the guild uh, because I'm a savage, I guess. And... I've been playing a lot of Tull, and so we're going to talk briefly about some adjustments off that. We just released the episode about the the uh, Madness of Malifaux Masters and Keywords. So I just, I've been playing probably about three games with Tull now. So I do have some initial interpretations of me playing him, uh, especially the title, because I feel like a lot of people haven't played the title yet, and I got some nice thoughts about that. And then uh, Dixon and I have been doing this three-game series where we both pick the same keyword, we play it out three times, and then we kind of give our interpretations of like what that matchup generally looks like and uh, maybe some strong points, weak points that we see in the matchup. And most importantly, who won because bragging rights. So <laughs> you got to have that. Uh. <laughs> but, but before we get into that, make sure that you check us out on Twitter. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube. We also are on Discord. Got a Discord channel that pops off every now and then. And then uh, finally, if you want to support us directly, you can do that at Rage Quit Wire um, at patreon.com slash Rage Quit Wire, where you can support us for as little as a doll hair, hopefully hopefully real money, but we'll take uh, doll hair as well. But yeah, getting into the episode. So Toll has been a lot of fun, and I'm glad I'm playing Guild because of him. But something that I did, I, I recognize that the Artillerist is a really good version of Toll. Mm. Uh, I was talking with Jim about it, actually, I think last night, and he was saying, like, it feels like it's about a 70-30 split. Like, you could play Artillerist and do, like, a lot of pools, and then there's going to be, like, a 30% of pools where the title actually is better. Mm. Um, I'm maybe split a little bit more than that. I think there's probably about 40% of the pools that I think I would like the title better. And a lot of people are interested in the title, but I don't know if they've given it a ton of thought. But the general gist of the title version, the dead silent, um, which throws me off because I want to say, you know, silent but deadly every time I see his, his title. Really? <laughs> you want to make him a I part? Do. <laughs> I, I mean, he kind of is as deadly as a silent part. Uh, but I'm going to pull this up real quick. I Personally, my, my big issue with the second one is uh, he's just a strictly better Perdita 2 who is already considered one, uh, like a Groot master because 
your entire keyboard has a slightly worse version of, of I think it's called Bravado. Yeah, where you basically do a uh, non-charge basic or charge general action, and if you do that from heat of battle, you draw a card. Yeah, I think I think the family can do any action. The thing is, with him, you have to be near a ski marker. With the title, it's concentrate, and you get to draw. Is it just concentrate? I thought you could attack. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You can, but you don't get to draw the card then. Like tracking, I understand now. Uh. Oh yep. well, yeah. Okay. So this new tall. So it's okay. I can't officially say that it's strictly better because of all the differences, but it just feels significantly better because one, he doesn't have to be within range of anybody. He just has to be able to look at them. It, yeah, ooh. that was kind of the crazy thing. It's just like, hey, you over there. I see you. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. And then you're also not to draw the card. You're not restricted to just concentrate. You can literally just move concentrate interact interact exactly so like an interact was huge because it basically sets you up to even more actions after the fact yeah so it's frustrating yeah i like i like this version of tall because it's it's not as punchy even though it does have a little bit of punch which i'll explain in a second i like the stats are better it's six pretty much across the board on this version of tall right so it's six defense six willpower six move shorter the hand signals yeah, shorter range, but the drawing the cards is a big thing because that just helps you sculpt your hand. It reminds me a lot of Zip mm-hmm. with uh, showboating, which is really nice. I love Zip, so everybody shouldn't be surprised by that. That one, this is better than showboating because showboating, yeah. you have to cheat to get the a new card. Whereas this one is you can cheat, uh, I mean, not cheat, sorry. Discard. Discard a crappy card and then draw a new one. So yep. it's, it's just gains, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah, and then so not only that, but there shouldn't be many situations where Tall dies because he has stealth. He also, for some reason, gives out an aura of severe and concealing terrain. And then why not? You can remove a ski marker within four to reduce damage by up to two. Yeah. So seems pretty good. Like pretty hard to kill this. And you can use stones if it really gets hairy. No, no. It's even, by the way, the whole reduced damage is even better because you can reduce it to zero. Yeah. So that's insane. Because if you give this man a fucking lit line coat, he now reduces damage effectively by three. Yep. That's dumb. Um, yep. And then, like I said, you got stones. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, I picked uh, the keyword woe. And there's like a bunch of silver bullets for the Woe crew in this list. It's it's obscene. <laughs> yeah, so this version of Tall also has kind of what Colette has, right? With the, I can switch models and drop a scheme marker. Right. So with behind enemy lines, I think that's where really you can do some really nifty scheming and possible kidnapping if you need to or get people out of trouble. I think the best interaction i did with this in our game is the poltergeist was pulsing out his stupid negative crap so i switched him over by the trees and put my sapper where he was yes you put him behind and then the sapper came over yeah and then the sapper came over and scored catch and release correct yeah end of turn last activation you swap the thing that was killing your dudes with a model that's giving you a point and then that we have to talk about the sappers even though it's just real quick (laughs) I sure. that model is like almost strictly made to a fuck over uh, Pandora. It's hilarious. Anybody with pulses, auras, or blasts 
gotta hate the sappers. Literally, I remember activating Pandora within six inches and be like, uh, there's two sappers over there I can't really do anything about, so I'm just gonna scooch away from them because well, <laughs> you, you open the box turn one, right? And we thought that it and, worked. <laughs> yeah, we thought it worked, but then you actually read the sapper card and you're like, they can just ignore that. They can just ignore everything, including my aura of like, if you activate within six inches of me, I get to choose. It's like, nope, no, you you ignore my aura of choosing. So I have no control, really, yeah. for those guys. And they're not like really big beasties, but that's they're actually... They're good schemers. They're great schemers. Yeah. Anyway, but... We're not gonna go too much into that until after the three games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we're like, that's actually I'm playing Tall in our three game series, yeah. so we'll we'll have more about Tall specifically. But I just initial t- interpretations of the of the title, I actually like it a lot. I think if you have if if it's a heavy scheme pool, especially carve, especially uh, maybe spread them out or you know leave a mark, just any kind of scheming based scheme. Um, where you need scheme markers, I think Toll 2 is really good. Plus, you're dropping enough scheme markers where you can actually get a pretty brutal shot on a model. I mean, if you get that shh trigger, mm-hmm. you can do somewhere between like six, seven damage if there's a couple of scheme markers on the ground. I think I popped candy for six damage. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did, but that was, I would still say that's it's bad uh, critical strike. Just say. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be like, I don't think you depend on it. I don't think that's what you're actively trying to do. Right. But if it if the opportunity comes up. Yes. Like, I think I think I did it because Candy already activated. There was a scheme marker next to her and I already moved stuff where I wanted to. So I was like, sure, let's put some pressure on Candy. Pah! Yeah. And you did a good job of making sure that all was not <laughs> stunned. You're like, no. Never again. I'm not gonna. Have well, to that's the, that's the thing. The walking cannons just hung out by him and are like, "Oh, you stunned him. Remove it. Oh, you stunned him. Remove." Oh, it. oh sorry. <laughs> remove and heal. Yes, heal too. Remove and it's cavalier. Yeah, exactly. So that's all great. He also has this smoke bomb thing that can help with your unpacking. I didn't do that too much. I think I did it once, um, turn one, um, to get the movement out of it. it. It's just it's one of those things where this version is good because you can use it to catapult a threat you can use it to scheme i mean turn one because of behind enemy lines i had the king's wall and watson on the middle line yes ready to kind of accept whatever you wanted to bring in yeah and i mean eventually i killed them turn three but it took a concerted effort of like 20 20 points off of models plus my master for three turns straight yeah, and it, honestly, I don't even think you would have done it then if you didn't bring the poltergeist in for the negatives. Yeah, but that was part of the plan. I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> and and because of Pandora's like, you can't activate. I couldn't activate Toll to switch the poltergeist out because you just would have been like, nope. <laughs> yeah, I mean the biggest so. the biggest issue in the entire again we shouldn't be talking too much about it, but like like. The sappers stopped me from winning the game because I could not stop them from scoring new points. I will say every game I've played the sappers, I've been impressed, and I'll I'll leave it at that. Yeah. I was I was big on the rocketeer train, right? But you save two soul stones, and you get pretty much the same scheming ability minus the onward. But you get to draw a card from the discard pile and you get to look at your opponent's top two cards. Right. So like if you really want to, like if if there's a black joker on there and you want to kill something, you can be like, cool, that one's going on top and I'm going to shoot that model. Um, 
or you can just, you know, just see what's coming up. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just duck and cover surprisingly comes up. And they have stealth. Yeah. Well, I mean, stealth is great, yes. But, I mean, Silhouettes have proven that stealth alone is not going to save them. But Sappers having duck and cover, surprisingly, keeps them alive. Because it's super evasive. That's what it is. Well, that's the way you usually take care of stealth models, right? Is you try to either pulse into them or you try to blast onto them. Right. And if you're immune to that, that that trick doesn't work. Well, no, no. They're super evasive because they also ignore effects. That's the part that I was upset about. Because I couldn't even stun them. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. So let's get into our actual three-game series that we did. Uh, basically, you played Tiri out of the Explorers, and I played the old uh, Dashel out of the Guild. So those people that didn't hear the previous episode, basically what we do is we play three games. It's winner takes all. So if you win two out of the three, you win the, uh, win the series. And we pick the same. It's the same keyword, and you get to change it up depending on what the pool is. So you can switch titles. Um, and yeah, we see which, which master comes out on top. And I think usually because Dixon and I are pretty same skill level wise, I think it does usually give us an idea of one, do we like the play style of the keyword or the title? And then two, how is the matchup kind of flushing out? Because I think by the end of three games, you kind of figure out which one has an edge if it does. True. True. Or at least you start to figure out the puzzle a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, in our case, in this series, it it was like, uh, like I just kept going up in terms of like, this is disgusting. And, and you kind yeah, of like that, leveled out. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting. And we'll talk about that as we kind of go through it. Because the first game, it was just standard deployment, guard the stash. And then we had hidden martyr, secret meetup, breakthrough, mm. assassinate, and set the trap. Yep. This one was interesting. You actually played the architect version of Tiri. Right. And you ended up bringing the architect with that stupid totem, which we'll definitely talk about. Iron Matron, Cat Parson, First Light, Intrepid Emissary, and the Awua Awa Warrior. The Warriors. <laughs> yeah, just say Warriors and, and Ancients. That's it. Yeah. And then uh, I took Dashel 2, so the Butcher, with a Dispatcher, a Sergeant, Mounted Guard, Executioner, Rifleman, Rifleman, and another Executioner. So I went pretty minion heavy on this one. Yes. Um, so what were you trying to do with the architect? Because this was probably your, what, second or third game with the keyword overall? So that was, Actually, I think it was your second. Uh, yeah, but that, that was my first with the architect, period. And even now, I'm just, if I remember correctly, I figure out a keyword. Uh, there's an outside keyword model that actually makes it work better. Uh, architect is very card starved. And honestly, I don't even know where I would put her over nomad i'm sorry to say yeah because because i noticed like it it wanted to place those tech piece tech marker things right and then you get an effect off of it and then you can push people near it to like negate stuff correct so that was kind of annoying but i'm not sure how good it was it was um it it was well i also you kind of made a mistake and you misdeployed the iron matron you actually sent her off kind of on a flank instead of being where the engagement was going to be. Yes, but uh, I'm looking at the basically the total effect, right? Based on our other True. games, uh, the Iron Matrix would have with the other ones. Uh, it would it would not be enough to overcome all the 
the stuff that the other one does that Nomad does. The architect is just like it, it, they they are they have one um, ability. Honestly, if you gave the ability to draw cards uh, once per activation when you trigger a tome trigger to the architect, I think they'd both be pretty similar in power level. But as it is right now, the Nomad is so overloaded with all the good stuff that I just can't. I, I also thought it was funny. This was the game where you started getting tilted turn two. Yes. Because I just basically had two executioners and dash will drop your emissary. Uh, also. <laughs> yeah. That was you were like, I was not planning on losing the emissary that uh, quickly. Or the the uh, the matron. Like the matron died. I was like, well, this is uh, half my damage. And then you killed the emissary turn three, I think it was. Yeah, the, the matron died turn two. The emissary died turn three. And then I was like, all right, that's it. That's game. Well, because it was funny, though, because <laughs> I was like, Dixon, I mean, you shouldn't have moved the emissary up so far. You're like, I moved it five inches out of my deployment. <laughs> that was like, I, I remember losing my mind when you said that. I was like, dude, it's five inches <laughs> I was, off. I was trolling you pretty good. Yeah, I was like, how in the world do you expect me to play the game? <laughs> I say the bad. same thing to you all the time about that, where it's like, I barely moved. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just like, I'm like three inches off my deployment, so what the hell? But yeah, it was it, it, it was a good learning experience. I noticed that she was card starved. That was a big one. And I started looking into the Explorer Society choices for drawing cards. And the best, best quote-unquote option is the hopeful prospects. And I was like, nope. Not doing that shit. <laughs> the um, I will say the one cool thing is you did you did get to a point where you were going to kill the executioners. Yeah, because you were doing that cool little thing where it's like, oh, I'm gonna attack you and then push you into your model and do a point of damage if you fail. Two points of damage. So that was kind. Of, yeah, that was kind of annoying. Yeah, yeah, it's it's actually very very strong, but that doesn't matter uh, for the titles. Uh, neither of the titles yeah. actually changed that. That's just yep. that's just on the keyword models. Like uh, Ked yep. has it, the the warriors have it. Um, this is a great ability. It is, yeah, and that just made me by and you got me enough times with it by the end of this three game series where I was like, all right, well, Leadline Coat needs to go on two important models. Yes, it does. Yes, <laughs> it, it it was. It's a key part of the game plan of the guild anyway. So you should always be thinking who gets the Leadline Coat. It's like every guild player should be like looking into that. Yeah, I always bring at least one. Right. Uh, if it's a bad matchup with a lot of movement, then I'll bring it twice. Yeah. In my opinion, if you bring the Pale Rider, you should have one on the Pale Rider. Yeah, which, I mean, I brought that game three, so we'll definitely talk about that that game. But so you weren't, I mean, was there anything cool about the architect you liked or were you kind of underwhelmed by it? The other thing I will say that was kind of cool during that game that you were doing is the abilities on those markers and your models to be like, oh, you can't use your focus. Yeah, so tur or game one went to uh, went to Dashiell. I think that one kind of, that was probably more of you just figuring it out and kind of that that version of the uh, of tier you were playing. Yeah. Uh, but game two definitely was a little different. Yeah, I mean, so. and I have to think about it because like when we were playing, you were trying to give me the game and I was like, I'm not sure. And then the more I thought about it, I, I texted you. It's like, I think you're right. I think I had the game and I just didn't realize how, you know, how much of the game I had. 
Are you talking about game one? Game two. Game two with when I played oh, yeah. Game, yeah. Yeah. So game two, which we'll definitely get into it now. But this one was corner deployment. I just want to emphasize corner deployment. Right. right. And it was covert ops uh, with secret meetup, vendetta, sabotage, in your face, and breakthrough. This one you did end up bringing the Nomad. You brought pretty much the same same list in all three games. Yep. So once again, it was the Nomad with the stupid totem, which we'll get into this game. Right. Matron, Ket, Parson, First Light, Intrepid Emissary. This one I switched up and went with the Dashel One. Uh, and I went with obviously Dashel Barker with the Dispatcher, Executioner, Guild Mage, which I didn't love in this in this crew. So that one's probably gonna come out in a lot of future lists. Right. Rifleman, disease containment unit, and then two mounted guard. So my plan for this one with corner and with the pools was just to kind of get the board a little bit, spread out, kind of get my scheming point, interact where I can, but I really wasn't planning on killing. I ended up taking um, sabotage and actually I guess I did take vendetta on this, but it didn't pan out. Hmm. Um, no, it wasn't. Sorry. I took breakthrough and sabotage is what I took. Hmm. That's right. But yeah, this played very differently. And Dixon can notice that I started changing how I played midway between turn one. Uh, I was sitting there doing my normal unpacking. You know, I was riding with me. I was, you know, pushing models up. I was moving models with the dispatcher. Yep. I was summoning. And then all of a sudden I noticed the Iron Matron was at the midline. Yep. And I was and, like. And she hadn't activated yet. <laughs> And she like had fast and she had like plus, uh, plus you know, pla- uh, on damage flips. So I was just sitting there like, uh, I need to kind of spread out a little bit and try to get away from this. Yep. Also, I hadn't actually finished moving her. That was the other part yeah. I was discussing. Ket hasn't activated so he can move her an additional six inches or even more if I remember correctly. It was gross. It was pretty gross. <laughs> I was just like, how is this model crossing the midline? And it hasn't even activated yet. Yep. So, ah, so yeah, I, I was kind of, I was kind of preparing myself, you know, to receive something. Yeah. Um, gear shift. Anybody that. That's what I like to call it. I call it gear shifting. You're like, stop. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's, imp- I think that's important though. Right. Because you have to g- gauge like how aggressive your opponent's going to be. Yep. And when somebody just is throwing something on the midline, you have to know they're trying to alpha something, right? Yes. So I'm at that point, I'm kind of trying to adjust my models to best receive it. So you, you kind of have to recognize when somebody's setting up the alpha that you have to, they're going to get something. It's just try to give them the best option to, to not neuter your important crap. Right. <laughs> so the problem though with this is, the Iron Matron has a great sword. And usually the downfall of that is like, okay, one of those actions you have to charge. The Iron Matron doesn't. The Iron Matron just gets in. It kind of pushes itself wherever it wants to be. And you have a built-in positive for not charging. Then you have another positive because of Parsons with overheated. And so essentially, you, I don't know. And what? <laughs> automatically get all tomes all the time forever. Sure, if you have shielding up, yeah. Oh, which you're gonna with this crew. Yeah, you're always gonna have shielded on, on key models because you have impassioned defense and you have uh, first light and Parsons. Yeah, turn one definitely you're going to have it. So this was, and obviously after playing the first game, I didn't 
I didn't fully appreciate kind of like what was what the model did because it didn't get a chance to do that in the first game and be that aggressive. Right. So I was just kind of like, all right, this is going to suck. Plus the problem with that model is it has uh, whatever that ability is that you can't do severes to it. So yeah, it, cruel it makes it hard. <laughs> yeah. It makes it hard to punish it once it's in. Yes. Yes. I remember at one point in time, actually multiple times in one game where you like double severe or red joker. And I was like, all right, I'll yep. take three. Minus one for armor, minus one for shielded. <laughs> yeah, and you go ahead and talk through Dixon when you were setting up for that alpha. What were you kind of gearing in my list that you're like, okay, I need to start addressing, you know, this model or that model. Uh, so this is another thing that I have to like, kind of like say before I talk about the Iron Matron. Uh, Tiri the Nomad, she she cleans your hand so good. So, yeah, you were pretty stacked. Bro, like, I think, what was the average? Nine cards every turn? Something along the yeah, lines. Yeah, you are drawing something like that, yeah. Yeah, it was like I would draw nine cards outside from my six. Uh, and sometimes I would, like, up to 11 or something. It was, it was ridiculous. And my hand would just be sculpted with, like, 13s and, you know, all kinds of severes and red jokers and stuff. Or the black joker would be in my hand. And I, I wouldn't have any fear of, like, failing any actions. And it, yeah, it was just gross. It was, I would just go for whatever I think I could kill at the time. I was like, all right, he, that model has eight life. I can do about 10 points of damage. All right, let's go for that model. Well, and I think that's important because since you were able to get a diesel hand, that allows you to be more aggressive, right? Exactly. If you, if you didn't have the card draw and you're like, oh, my highest card's a 10, you're probably not going that hard. Exactly. Exactly. But because the Nomad draws so many, she, not only does she draw cards, because she, she does actively draw a card, she also has off the path, which cycles cards in your hand. And then you have people like Parsons in fucking the first light that clean the deck or clean cards from like the the what you're going to see. Because the first light, uh, there's two triggers on her card. I remember correctly, one of them draws a card from the discard and the other one is you get to see five cards. And then Parsons has also the either A, you get plus damage on all your damage flips, or you get to draw a non-Joker card from the top three cards of the discard pile. And yeah. and those things are triggers. So if you're within six inches of the theory, which you should be within six inches of the theory, basically, you're going to draw an additional card on top of that. So you, you, you just basically get to do whatever you want. You get all your low TNs, and you get to have your, your high cards. So why did you decide to, because you went after the Executioner, why did you decide to go after the Executioner? He's 10 points. That's it. He's nine, points. He's nine points. Yeah, he's nine, he's nine points. Sorry, I, I remember it just now. But like, that's it. He's nine points. I could do about 10, 20 points of damage in like three to four different sources because pass through. Because pass through, I just go through your model and do one point of damage. That's it. Yeah, yeah that's kind of the busted part about that, right? Is what it's like a... It's like a min three. Um, min four. Well, it's, well, it's min three, but then the pass through does an extra one. Oh, I see. What, sorry, I, I spoke too soon, but yeah. It en yeah, it ends up being four. Yeah, yeah. So it, it bypasses a lot of damage reduction effects because you go, okay, I'll do yeah. three. You're like, oh, I reduce damage by this much. Okay, take one more. It's like it's different yeah. sources of damage. Yeah, so you ended up killing the Executioner turn two because you were in there starting to ping damage out and mm -hmm. put hurting on models. Yes. And then I 
realizing at that point yeah. what that model did in the middle of my crew, I was like, this model needs to die. Otherwise, it's going to pick apart my whole line. Yeah. And then it took, I think so, it was something like 27 <laughs> points of your models plus your master's activation to finally put her down. That's how absurdly yeah, so, hard it was. Yeah. So basically, I was like, I'm throwing executes at you. I'm throwing ping damage. I'm throwing this damage. And it, it took pretty much most of my crew to put it down at the, I think it was the beginning of turn three, she finally went down. No, no. And, and it was your second to last activation. You had a mounted yeah. guard left to activate. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. So I started, I think, because you were in me turn one. Right. So I started turn two going into you. Right. And then I think it took most of turn two and the beginning of turn three to kill her. So it was end of turn two. You're right on end, end of turn two. You finally, the activation right before the last after, because you literally did every model that you could. You did your master summon a model, took a shot at her. Your yep. fucking, what you call it? Your totem. Your totem shot at her and did something else. <laughs> Everybody's like, put it down. Every single, every <laughs> single model. Like I remember counting. It was something like twenty-seven points in your master. I think that was a joke towards the end of the game. Is like it took this much. And granted, like after that, everybody else was in position. So I like I had like three, four points after that. Cat has his two points all the way in the other corner of the table. Yeah, the warrior had already scored his one point, and he was already in the middle of the fight. He he was taking down an executioner. My five point model was taking down an executioner because he already got the point. So he was just suicidal. It's like, Allah. yeah. And then you're, for some reason, your totem becomes like movement six or seven, seven. <laughs> and it's also not insignificant right. and you can't really kill it. Right. And it, it's a definitely an annoying model. Yes. So I was over there kind of with my rifleman trying to spar with it, I guess. Yes. I don't know. It was. It was just trying to do so, just trying to hold it down, make it annoying, I guess. You had a rifleman and a mounted guard trying to kill this free totem. I wasn't, no, I wasn't trying to kill it. I was just trying to get my point there and then move on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You're right. This is the, the time where you, you were just like putting him in the melee so he wouldn't count as a model for the purpose of the, uh, yeah. Scoring. I remember now. I remember now. Yeah. Yeah. But he was, so, he was resilient. He, he kept his, uh, yeah, it's a tough model. Yeah. Because he's armored too. He doesn't have a lot of hitboxes, but if you do somehow kill it, right. then you have to kill it again. Correct. You literally have to kill it twice to be able to kill it. In and, the do same you, game. and do you want to do that for a stupid totem that has a brutal shockwave? It's it's just annoying. So I'm pretty sure that the, the purpose of that shockwave is that you use it with Thierry the Architect. I yeah. don't know if I'm feeling too good about that. Yeah, it's definitely better in the architect because there's so many markers down. Right. Uh, also, she can obey think, you. Yeah, there's there's spots though where you can definitely use it with two, especially against some crews where it's like they're putting down the markers. Right. You're like, all right, well, here's a nasty shockwave for you. Right. That game ends up keeping developing. Um, I finally, like I said, put down the once I put the matron down, I felt like I could continue on with the game. Right. I I honestly thought if i ignored that model i would lose that game hardcore right because i she's fast enough with your crew that you can just hunt models down at will yeah yeah the problem is that by the time that you did kill her i already had scored like i front loaded like three to four points 
Yeah. So then I. Yeah. So I was yeah. I was playing catch up at that point, and that was it. That's the reason why I was like, the end was like, I think you have this by like a point or two, and I was like, I'm yeah. not sure. And I, literally after the game started, I was like, you know, he, he's right because I I literally just put everything in melee of all his scorers and killed the one mounted guard that was still alive, and that's it. That's game. Like literally. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, it's like, can you catch the mounted guard at that point and do enough damage to mess with them? Yeah. But the mounted guard, because the two of them were starting to ride off towards your deployment zone and the sabotage. Um, uh, that's uh, the, you're thinking about the first game. That was the first game, not no, the second. No, this is the second game. I had them both because they kind of met up in the middle. And then the next, we had, we paused it because. I think it was getting late in the day at that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But basically, I, I was like, "Yep, they're going to ride over, start dropping schemes, and get me my points." Yeah, and I double checked, um, and yeah, you're right. It was in the second game because we talked about distortion, which is the reason yeah. why I, I could guarantee that I was going to win. And we talked it out, which was once, yeah, because once I revealed a scheme, then you could have been like, "Cool, that model's not going to score," you know, this next turn. Yeah, I'm just going to wait it out until the last activation, drop a distortion, and say you don't get that last point. Yeah, so by the time that game ended up finishing, you probably ended up winning that probably either 6-4 or 6-5, I think, is where right. we kind of came to the agreement it would yeah. end up. You you actually thought it was like maybe a draw or a loss for you, and Correct. I was kind of like, oh, I don't see that, man. Yeah, and we talked it out. Like I said, it was like after the game, I agree with you. I hadn't even touched your emissary yet. Like I... that, that was kind of the thing. I, I tell you what, I got pretty close to two-shotting Teary. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Because the emissary like, didn't get All right. there. Yeah, well, that's what that's when you pulled her out. And you're like, all right, bring her back. Yeah, that's when I I made the the, the executive decision. It's like, all right, the emissary is incredible, but he doesn't keep up with the crew, so I need to use the all award the actually, construct. That actually had me think, though, where I'm kind of like, I think I wouldn't call it a weakness, but mm. she is very killable. So if you can alpha her out, right, uh, which can be tough, obviously, if they have like take the hit and stuff like that, like you did, right. But if they put her in a bad situation, you can punish that. Absolutely. So that that'd be my recommendation. If you can kill Teary, kill Teary. That will make the whole thing easier. Yes, yes. The architect is harder to kill, but the nomad is not. The nomad just dies to a stiff priest if he can get to her. Yeah, the problem is that you have this stupid iron matron in your face that you have to deal with before you can even worry about Teary. You get the iron matron, you have the you have cat. Because Ket is also an annoyance that you have to deal yep, with. Right Parsons. Away. And you get the Ancient one. Because the Ancient Construct is disgusting. And you can have two of those. But like I, I find that one is more than enough. Yeah. that The Construct's the one with Toss, right? Correct. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yes, it is. So Dixon ended up getting uh, game two. So we're pretty much tied 1-1 at that point, we'll right. call it. Yeah. So this one's flank. So I know it's going to be bad quick. Um <laughs> <laughs> it, it just is man it like is. when you see when you see flank you're just like all right well this might get shitty pretty quick very um, quick yeah so it's covert ops assassinate set the trap public demo in your face and vendetta so some pretty killy stuff here uh which worried me because i was like all right well if we're gonna kill stuff i might as well go killy too so you brought the nomad again right. with the totem I think you brought actually the same exact list, except for you threw a construct in there instead of. So, right, uh, I took the the emissary out and put in the ancient in, because the ancient okay. is is a bygone, and having a keyword yeah. is significantly important for this crew. 
and you have toss so toss is like ridiculous like hey get up there and that's and the trigger and the trigger on that toss is super gross that's the part that i was like wait why haven't i been using this this trigger is disgusting <laughs> yeah because if you don't know it basically makes it where you're at a negative if you attack that model that was tossed yeah it's super concealment it is it's just yeah. straight up super concealment because it cannot be ignored Oh, sorry. I think it's I think it's attack actions. It, it cannot so be you ignored. Can do other things. Right. It cannot be ignored by normal means. Let me put it that way. I knew this was going to get crappy, so I ended up being like, you want to know what? Let's meet aggression with aggression and see what happens. So I brought Dashiell Barger, the uh, butcher, with the dispatcher, two executioners, a mounted guard, a rifleman. Um, actually, sorry. No, I didn't bring two executioners. Rewind that. So it's an executioner, a mounted guard, a rifleman, pale rider, I brought John Watson to try and be cute, I guess. And then right. a guard patrol to partake the hit. Right. So I thought the amount or the, um, my plan was to also be aggressive and kill stuff as it, as the first turn. Cause I, I was like, turn one is going to be it. It's like something has to die turn one and hopefully it's on Dixon's side. Right. So I kind of waited for things to develop. And when you moved the, uh, the Iron Matron up for the Alpha. I took a shot with the Pale Rider to put Staggered and Injured on it. Yeah. And I was like, good. Now you, he can't move it any further up. It's going to be slower. This is more manageable. Right. And I didn't know that there's a way to clear conditions on this stupid crew. Yes. So that made me pretty pissed off. So Parsons is both my bane and like I get tilted and triggered by Parson because every single game that I played, I played more than a about a dozen. Let me put it that way. I played about a dozen games with Thierry with like other people in Vassal and three games sure. with you. And Parsons died every single game by turn two. Well, he's the easiest thing to kill. Not only is and he, he's good. Yeah, exactly. Not easy. Not only is he the easiest thing to kill, he's also like one of the best supports, like probably in Outcat. No, that's not true. Probably in Explorers. Definitely in Explorers. Yeah. Yeah. He he gives up pluses for Christ's sake. He's like, all right, I'm going to give you something that's not quite as good as focus, but it's for every single one of your attacks. Yep. <laughs> Positives for damage. And for some reason, there's a like I didn't like I thought I was in the clear. I thought it was looking good. Yeah. I thought that staggered was stuck on there right. and then you just cleared it off. Oh, and he cleared off all of the conditions that he wanted. It's like, yeah, he has a removing purity, I think it's called. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, it's a remove so. purity, which is the ability that Mayfang has on the totem. And we all, everybody that's played against Mayfang knows that that totem is like, okay, you need to kill the stupid thing because he's just going to keep her alive. And yep. yeah, Parsons is easier to kill than that stupid totem. <laughs> yeah, so basically, you removed it, you were able to push the matron up further, and, and then you and proceeded to start taking shots at Parsons. You monster. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, so that's when I think, oh. what was it? I think I think a random rifleman. No, it was, it, I can't remember if it was the rifleman or John Watson. Somebody was like, yeah, screw Parsons. Pow, took a shot at him. I think it was actually Watson. It was Watson's. It was Watson. He he just is, you know, two, four, five rifle or two, three, five rifle, whatever it is. The funny thing is that he double severed, but because by that time he was nearby the Iron Maiden, he did not take severe. He took moderate. And you were like, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things. So after that happened, I was kind of extended at that point. 
and you had last activation with Iron Matron. So yes. I had I had the Executioner and I had Dashel. So at right. that point, I decided to dive Dashel in to do some damage. Right. Um, however, the cards weren't there. You had a sculpt in hand. So I think Dashel maybe did like two points of damage to I I don't even remember. Maybe it was Ket at that point. Uh no, it was the Iron Matron because I put the Iron Matron literally within five inches of uh of Barker. Yeah. Literally. She No, she... I, I, I went around the Iron Matron. Oh I went around the Iron Matron and charged Ket and engaged Barker. I, I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was within five inches of Barker, and Barker was like, I'm not going after her. I'm gonna go after yeah. yeah. And, and you're right, you went after uh Ket. And Ket literally didn't take that much damage because of um what was the thing that everything well yeah i mean he's armor one he has shielded on him yeah he's a beast he's a beast and then i end up cat does some damage back to the butcher right i end up diving the executioner down to try and put some more pressure on once again your hands kind of sculpted so really nothing much came about it i wasn't at least at negatives because dash was engaging things Ah, that was huge and then your Iron Matron proceeds to pretty much kill Dashel and the Executioner turn one. By herself. They were down to two and one. You didn't actually kill them, but you put them down to like two and one health and then killed them turn yeah. one. Or Yo, turn, bottom of turn two. Yeah, yeah, but, but But she did it Top of turn two. by yeah. herself. Like literally, yeah. she activated bonus action and started just going ham banana on them. Like it, she just well, because it, it's it's damage, and then you'd go through and ping both of them. You damage, go through and ping both of them, and that happened like six times because you got first activation. Yeah, and she has uh, tomes for every one of her attacks because why not? Like that ability. Yep. The more I think about it, I think you're right. The fact that everybody has tomes forever and ever during their activations is pretty disgusting. Yeah, so I mean, we didn't even have to score this one because after that, I was like, "Yep, that's good. That's game. We're we're done here." Yeah, and yeah. I agree. I was like, "Nah, there's no fucking way you can come back from this. Your master and your most expensive minion and your soulstone cash because like you were down to like one or zero soulstone. Had one, yeah. Yeah, you're like completely done with your soulstones. You're like trying to keep everybody alive. Yeah, and that's kind of where I and so there's two things that I kind of learned from this as far as this matchup against Tiri. And one, I just think Dashel one is better in this matchup because I think efficiency wise, you're going to get more efficient activations because of the card draw. Because and Dashel has a little bit, yeah. but not as much as Tiri. Oh, good lord! No. You also are just more efficient with the triggers, with the shields. Like you're just you're able to kind of make your activations count more. Yes. So I think Dashel one being able to throw summoned minions at you every turn makes it where it's going to be harder for you to stop that kind of wave plus one thing that i didn't think about that would help against this matchup is the little wardens i think would actually be a really good matchup into this yes. just throwing slow on your models just to make you less efficient yes because you're you give me another source of, like the pale rider did a fantastic job. The problem was that he was one model. So we yeah. talked about this and I told you, it's like, you have to force me to activate Parsons before you activate the pale rider. If you can't do yeah. that, then that's it. That's game. That's the entire yeah. bag. Uh, and yeah. So having another model that can put slow out and that can put a wrench in there, right. maybe some more staggered in the list, which Dashel one is more flexible to do. Right. Dashel 2, the problem with that is you just don't have enough resources to keep up with it unless you get the alpha off. 
So I, I feel like Dashle is not necessarily a model where it's like, da- sorry, the butcher. I know, I know what you is got. a. I I need to win the fight first, right? And then I need to snowball into winning. Because the thing that I notice about butcher two, I'm sorry, the butcher. Period, the butcher. Because I'm just gonna the one Dashle one is Dashle, and then yeah. Barker or that or the butcher is Dashle two. Anyway, the yeah. the point that I was trying to make is, I think. Dashel 2 suffers from not abusing his totem. I don't know if that makes sense. So the totem you, is like in the order best to, thing. In order to abuse the totem, you have to bring basically two executioners. And that lets you draw essentially three cards. Um, actually, I think his bonus... Does his bonus... Well, you don't, you don't have to do that. You can just bring other models that also use uh the scheme market thing the problem is who is that who who else do you have because it doesn't have to be executioners i never see tiger quig i'm assuming quig is not good no he's i, I was actually thinking about bringing him with dashle one okay i don't know if i like him that much with butcher i haven't tried that yet but he's great in dashle one um hmm. but yeah i was gonna say with butcher he removes with break protocol he can remove a marker as well so essentially you're drawing like three cards a turn, um, maybe four if you get the dispatcher's trigger. Okay. So, I mean, that's something, but you're right. Dashle one, you get the two for the executioners. You can get put the butcher as well. And then there's a couple other interactions that you can remove it as well. So, yeah. And I don't see anything here that deals with, with that, what I'm just describing, which is you need to be able to abuse the totem. And Dashel One does it, but that's because the totem was redesigned for him. Yeah, the um, the totem for Dashel Two is purely to do the bonus off the executioners to get the walk, right? To then set up some gnarly charges, right? And I don't see anything and, early. And then once once you're done with that, then it's like, well, either the dispatcher has to run to catch up, or he's just hanging out in the back. Also true. So yeah, it kind of it can get a little hairy at times. Um, but like I said, I really think because Tiri is especially Nomad, I should say, if it's Tiri two or sorry, if it's Tiri the Architect, you could probably do the Butcher fine, just like our first game where I was able to kind of power through some things. Right. But the Nomad being so efficient, I think that's the big thing. The Nomad title is so efficient that you either have to be just as efficient or you have to um, out attrition it. And that's why I'm leaning towards, you know, Dashel one, because not only do I have the card draw as much as the title for butcher, right. but it, a little more, but you can also summon those bodies to help out with putting conditions out to, you know, put a little speed bump in their way to threaten models, to get more execution. Cause I think we can both agree that the amount of triggering of like things like executes off of like the rifleman in our second game. Yes. And not only that pursue because your models were activated right. early that you are really feeling a lot of hand pressure that way where it made it hard for you to be as efficient because you had to be like, well, I can't, I can't let this model be executed. I need to throw a card away or, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to get hit with, you know, a stat six rifleman. Yeah. So I need to cheat a little higher. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, 
it was interesting to having like I had like three severes and the Black Joker at one point in time, and I'm like, I guess I gotta discard the Black Joker, unfortunately, because I need these three severes. But that was after like I activated like four or five models. I sculpted my hand. Yeah. I have four cards left from all the cheating and all the stuff that I had to do. And yeah. you started activating models with execute, and I was like, oh well. Either I take damage and execute, or I just cheat and don't get hit, which is basically, yeah. you know, a slightly worse version. It, it was bad. It was bad either way. Let me put it that way. It was just less bad. <laughs> yeah, you just weren't taking the damage, essentially. It's like, I got to discard a card anyways, but at least I'm not taking the damage. <laughs> I, and, and it's just weird, the decision-making that you have to make whenever you're putting uh, yourself into a, a bad situation like that, because you... You basically notice this. It's like, okay, I need to force some kind of attrition here, but Tiri basically has all of the resources. How the hell do I do that? So in this matchup, let me ask you, because you you obviously played against it. So you're playing Tiri. Which version of Dashel do you think is the better matchup against Tiri? Do you think it's one or two? One. 100%. So that's the one you felt the most pressure about, even though Dashel 1 comes up to punch you? I mean, I killed four executioners, and I still felt like, well, shit, I got to get ready for the next one. And I was slowly, <laughs> it's true, I was slowly losing yeah. health on a lot of models. Like, Tyr herself was, like, almost below half health. Uh, the Iron Matron died. Cat uh, was, like, the only model that was full health. Everybody else was, like, yeah, I think pa- I think Parsons was in the danger zone. No, Parsons was dead. Oh, did I kill him? Oh, hell yeah, dude. You like it two, yeah. you two shot at him with the executioner that then I killed. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, part that of, felt good. And the problem anytime Parson dies, it feels good. <laughs> and the person and the, the problem is I continuously had to start dropping scrap markers uh for many, many reasons. And Parsons is not a construct, if I remember correctly. So he was dropping a corpse which was giving you a soul stone, which is annoying as hell. So that was one of the cool things that I I have started to figure out the more and more I play uh, Dashel is summoning crappy models is also not bad. So Correct. there was a point when the DCU summoned a dog. Right. And then you just, if I were you, I wouldn't have killed it. But I guess you felt like having hate in your heart that day and you killed my dog. No, no, no. I have <laughs> to kill the dog because if I remember correctly, he stops me from disengaging and he lowers my defense by one. I got to double check. But I remember it was bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, either way, you were like, you felt something where it's like, I have to kill this dog. I have to kill this and dog. Then, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, basically after that, I'm going to pop this up real quick just to see what the yeah. dog has on it. There is Guildhound. He has hold down and he snaps six on the attack. That's what it was. I was like, I can't let this fucking thing live. Are you crazy? Yeah, that's fair. But you ended up killing it, which it, I was fine with because it put down a corpse for me to get another soul stone. It was annoying as hell. I was like, this thing can be stat fucking eight. Why? Why can this thing be I think, stat eight? I think I ended up gaining like four soul stones throughout the game. Yes. And you kept using them. And I kept like literally killing and moving forward. And I, it the game only lasted four turns because we we saw like the, the writing on the wall about like turn four. And we're like, all right, we're 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 done. Yeah, it wasn't as big of a win for you, but like I said, it would have been at least a point, if not two. Yeah. But I, it just, it it felt like there was more agency playing Dashel Barker. It just felt like I was able to throw some wrenches into you. And now that I'm, I have in my head, 
the warden summon, that's that's a pretty good summon for yeah. Dashel One just to pop up. Yeah, and I think um, the the change that you did between the guild mage and the proxy—I call it governor's proxy. I forget the name. What's the name of the the, the model that has like foul motivation and shit like that? He's a six point. No, oh, the 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 guild steward. Is this okay? So back in the day, it was called so this, the governor's proxy. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So the guild steward, I feel in Dashel One, is just better than the guild mage because yeah. I thought. I, this is the first time I tried the Guild Mage because you can discard to basically have a guard model concentrate right. when you're within six of Dashel. And I thought, okay, that can help me keep models up. But the problem is I didn't like it because it, one, I still played flexible. So I spread out and kind of played a little weird instead of yes. staying bubbled up. Yes. Just because I thought that would be a better way to deal with you. Granted, so I wasn't able to benefit from it. Granted, you didn't get to spread out as much as you can because you had to readjust for when the yeah. guild, uh, the the Iron Maiden was in the middle of the table. You're like, this is like third activation, yep. and the Iron Maiden went from corner deployment to the middle of the table. She's fast. Yep. She's plus on damage, and she uh, can. She has like mega uh, fucking what you call it concealment. So it's like, how the hell am yeah, I doing and, that? And the steward is just is just better because one you get a heal and you get to put a focus out correct which is huge yeah but then two you also get to remove a condition and put focus out yes and i think there's a heal maybe on that too correct um and that's important for the summons because the summons come in slow right so there was two of my summons that it really sucked that they came in slow because i needed them to pop off quicker right uh, and the guild steward is just and, and people don't want to kill the guild steward because you take like seven damage when you kill it. Yeah, I, I mean, even if you take only six, because I think the, the spread is like four, six, eight, or some bullshit like that. Even if you take moderate, that's a. But you model. can cheat that it. But you can cheat it in too. But I'm I'm just saying it's like that's a model, like a six points yeah. of damage. A, a fucking henchman look at that and go, holy <laughs> shit! Uh, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <It's> like, no. <laughs> Like maybe if you have like a cheap summoned model, maybe you can send it after the steward. But yeah, besides that, it's like no, we're gonna leave that alone. Yeah, no. Um, this thing is like he's cheap, six point. He can give and remove uh, like conditions left and right. Like he's he's fantastic. I love this model. Yeah, he's and he's just he's good with Dashel one. I just wanted to try the guild mage because I saw the connection with that and. Right. Like I said, I wasn't bubbled up because of situations and it didn't, I didn't, I didn't concentrate maybe once or twice with that, but right, it didn't play any impact. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's local because like the Guild Mage, uh, I want him to be more list just so he gets nerfed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair. I'm joking. I, and you know, like, yeah. I'm, I'm not as big of a fan of the Guild Mage because I think it really cramps your flexibility in playing. Like, hmm. one, I think it cramps your flexibility in list building. And two, it, it cramps it in uh, just playing the game because I feel like you have to try to keep central your pieces where, like, if, if you, like, compare the game we just played. I'm not going to talk in details, but we just played that game with... with uh, with Tull 2 versus Pandora. Right, right. If I was playing the Guild Mage, I would have had to keep my models in a more central area. Right. But since I didn't, I flexed over to the left to kind of be more reactionary. Right. And wasn't as, like, I don't think you were in as strong of a position to engage that in that spot of the board. And Tull was even further back from that. And I had a Guild Lawyer, so he was even further back from that. Right. 
it just, it was able to keep my lines more flexible where I could react better than staying in a little block. Yeah. Yeah. I, God, I, I'm, I'm readjusting right now over. I'm a guild player where I don't care if the guild mage gets nerfed because <laughs> then guild players can actually have fun and play other models I'm, besides the stupid guild mage. I was just being silly when I said that, but like it, because it's, it's a model. That no, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. But uh, yeah, I've known guild players that slap it automatically in almost every list. Yeah. I think the only reason why there's not that many more guild players is just aesthetics. Cause like there's, you look at the guild, you're like, why? I, I agree. Toll changed that for me though, because I think Toll's keyword looks so freaking cool. Technically, for me too, because I I look at the King's Wall and I'm like, I want to play this model so bad. Yeah, he's got like that. It's almost like the uh, I don't know if you call it like a Captain America pose, where he's like yep. bent down with his shield, kind of like you know, yep. bracing himself for impact, almost like a Spartan, yep. you know, phalanx. Yep, yep. I can do this it's all day cool. pose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so. I think it's pretty obvious, but I think if you're the Tiri player, I think you just drop Nomad and you don't even. Think uh, unfortunately, Dixon's, Dixon's getting yelled at. I gotta run. I apologize. That's fine. Just real quick. <laughs> yeah. Tiri, Tiri Nomad. That's it. That's you don't even think about the architect. No, no. I am. I am thinking about the architect. I want to play the architect, but honestly, there's it's very, very hard. Like Nomad there's too much so, power. Yeah. No one is so like window slam. It's insane. All right, Dixon, I love you. All right. You guys take care. So, yeah, I don't think there's any reason you don't bring Nomad. It's just, it's too efficient. It's too good. It makes the matron a beast. Uh, and that's the thing. You don't even have to do the alpha strike. If you want to use all that efficiency to go scheme and just mess with your opponent as you will, you can just purely do that. So, I. It's tough. And I tell you what, if you play against Nomad, you got to have an answer for the matron. So you got to have some way to slow it down or hold it up, whether that's putting bodies in front of it or whether it's putting, you know, multiple conditions on it, pushing it back. Um, I actually think uh, Tall 2 or sorry, Tall 1, the artillerist, where you can do that six inch push and put staggered out. Uh, I would basically just do that on like two or three models a turn just to make Tyria less efficient. And uh, you got to have an answer like that. You got to be able to slow down the Iron Matron. You got to, if you can kill uh, Tiri Nomad, kill her. So I don't know if it's better. I don't know if Tiri's better in Explorers or in Outcasts. I think there could be an argument for both. Uh, the Intrepid Emissary, though, is a super good pick just for take the hit. In, I think he has Intimidate or Lead the Way or whatever it's called. So more unpacking capabilities there, maybe. But you could definitely play it in Outcast and still have a real good time with it. But yeah, it's a tough keyword. You got to be prepared for it because if you see Tiri, you just have to be like, they are going to have a pretty good hand. And I think masters and keywords that can attack that hand a little bit better are going to do good. And I think masters and keywords that can put out conditions and push to delay this kind of aggressive uh, play style that Tiri has is, go is going to do better. Uh, it's almost like Damien where you might be better not trying to interact with it as much and maybe trying to make them overextend. And then if they do overextend, having something to pay off and punish um, is probably the best way to do it. But uh, I think we're going to leave it at that. Dixon ended up getting this one. Thierry is really good. Uh, I kind of in my head now wish I would have just dropped Dashel 
uh, Barker just all three games just to see how it would do. But the Butcher is so aggressive, it's just hard to not drop him. I almost think that if I played the Butcher against my play style, so Dashel 2, if I would have just sat back with some riflemen and had some tech picks to kind of try and slow him down and just continue to shoot at him, you know, maybe stoning for executes, maybe that would have been the best way to go about it. I don't know. Um, but I don't like playing uh, Bark or the Butcher that way. I think I would rather, if I'm going to play that style where I have riflemen trying to execute people uh, or get armor piercing, I think then I just bring Dashel 1 and I can keep summoning more to make that even more difficult for him. But uh, yeah, I, I hope everybody enjoyed us talking about the matchup. It was definitely an interesting one. I think the next one we're doing is actually Pandora versus Tull, the one we were kind of talking about. Um, I'll talk with Dixon. He might choose a different keyword to do the next three game with, but uh, that's the one we started yesterday. And we'll see if uh, if we want to continue that or if Dixon wants to choose a different keyword. I'm going to do Tull because I think he's kind of the new hotness that everybody wants to talk about. Plus, I like Dead Silent a lot. Uh, like I said, I'm not I'm not split 50-50 on the titles for Tull. Uh, I actually think it's about 60-40. I think 60% of the time I'm probably bringing Artillerist. And then the other 40% I'm probably thinking of... Uh, of dead silent so we'll see how that works out but thanks for listening everybody and until next time make sure that you're flipping cards flipping tables and we will talk to you all later